We're starting a new series this morning called Building a Life of Community. Who's noticed that so far this year we've talked a lot about community? Hopefully you have, because we have talked a lot about community, and we're going to continue to. And I've, I've subtitled my message this morning, Finding Your Way Home. Seems appropriate after that last song. And it's, it's one of those questions, why should we actually have to find our way home? I mean, we've just sung that we're here because we've found our home. But I think this idea of, of building a community is something which is often a bit of a mystery. In fact, church is a mystery. Has anybody ever discovered that church is a bit of a mystery? When you walk into church, lots of strange stuff happens. And at least in my experience, nobody ever explains to you what's going on. You just sort of catch it by osmosis after a while. I mean, I can, I can still remember vividly the first day I walked into a C3 church. It was noisy, like this one. And I walked in that, that door, and this seven-foot giant said, Welcome to church. Ushered me in and then slammed the door behind me. I thought, uh-oh. I'm trapped for the duration. And then they started singing, and there was this worship team up the front, and I thought, this is what they must mean by God-inspired worship. These guys are obviously ordinary people who have just got up on stage, and God has inspired them through his Holy Spirit, and they have turned into fabulous musicians and wonderful singers. It took me, I reckon, three months before I cottoned on to the fact that they practiced. I was incredibly naive. But it, it was a, a bit of a mystery. I mean, after about three weeks, Vicky nudged me and said, you realise there are people here speaking in tongues? I said, get out of here. Rubbish. She said, no, no, listen. And I thought, it is. We've joined a weird church. It's one of those. And I, I, I remember going up to the pastor one day and saying, how mature a Christian do you have to be before you're allowed to give? He said, what do you mean? I said, well... Obviously, I, I can't afford to give now. I, I mean, I'm broke. Um, but at some point, God must bless you enough so that you can give to the church, so that you can tithe. He said, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. He said, God calls upon you to take a step of faith. I said, no, no, you don't understand. I, have, I cannot afford to tithe. He said, look, could you tithe for a week? I said, doing sums in my head? Yeah, probably. I reckon I could. He said, okay, we'll try it for a week and see if God allows you to survive. <laughs> that was enough for me. And so I tithed. And guess what? Next week, I wasn't broke. I wasn't really well off, but I wasn't broke, so I tithed again. And funnily enough, I discovered that as I kept tithing, my financial situation didn't get worse. Now, I won't say it got better, but suddenly I found that... Changing my spirit to a spirit of generosity, to a, to a stepping out in faith, actually changed my financial world. And nobody explained any of these things to me. And so I think that no matter where you are in church, no matter what, what sort of your hold on the church community is, I think there's always something that we need to be striving towards to, to be able to understand, to be able to grasp hold of, that involves us trying to find our way home. Because it's interesting that this whole idea of community, 
of God's community is threaded all the way through the Bible. And the interesting thing is that, especially in the Old Testament, we discover that the person who is most interested in building this community is God. God does not have to find his way home. He is home. But somehow along the way, we humans tend to stuff up this relationship business. And we not only stuff up our relationship with God, but we stuff up our relationship with each other. And so God is actually quite keen on us building a community. But we are the ones that need to find our way to the home that God has provided for us. I mean, this idea of community is fairly natural for us as humans. We, we like com community ideas. We have plenty of communities that we can be part of. We have leisure communities. You can join a pottery club or a tennis club or a badminton club or any of those things, sporting, leisure. You can be a member of a professional association, the uh, Society of Civil Engineers or the uh, Chartered Accountant Society, or the Information Technology Society. There are all these things that we can join and be a part of. But what do all these communities have in common? They have a uniting thread which draws all of those people together in one interest or a goal or a relationship that they all share. If you belong to a tennis club, usually it's because you either like to watch tennis, or you like to play tennis, or you like to umpire tennis, or you like to clean tennis balls, or, or paint lines on tennis courts. There's some association with tennis that has made you join the tennis club. And so there's, there's this whole thread that goes through the tennis club. If you say, oh, I'm a member of a tennis club, what do people assume about me? Well, I'm somehow associated with tennis. I either play or, or do something. And so... You know, when we look at the church, this, is, this church is a community whose uniting thread is the worship of Jesus Christ and the building of his kingdom. The thing that sets the church apart from all those other communities that I talked about is that the focus of our community wants to be a part of the community. And that's, that's quite different. You don't find many tennis balls who say, I want to join the, the uh, tennis club. Or any tennis rackets who line up and say, I want to be president of the tennis club. We, our founding purpose is actually the person that we are founded for. And so, you know, Jesus wants to actually be an active part of the community that is set up to fulfill his purpose here on earth. And so not only are we God-breathed, but we're God-joined which makes us unique amongst the communities of earth. And it's, it's interesting that God's desire for this community to come to pass is so great that he, he, he gets very, very passionate about it, uh, especially, for instance, in the Old Testament. Uh, who, know, who knows the story of Exodus? You know, Yahweh rescues his people from Egypt and, and takes them a very, for a very short walk across the desert to a, pl a place he's designated as their promised land that they're going to live. And he takes them to the promised land and Moses, their leader, decides that they should stop there and he sends out 12 spies to see what's in the land. And guess what? They all come back and they say, this place is incredible. But happens to be a few giants living there. And they say, oh, okay. Well, what the heck is God doing? And if we read actually in, um, I think it's Numbers 14, verse 1, it says, Then the whole community 
There were over a million Israelites. The whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. What a bunch of sissies. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we'd died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? And then they plotted amongst themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. What a bunch of wusses. And, so, and Yahweh's listening to this. He's horrified. And he says to Moses in verse 11, he says, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. So he was willing to wipe everybody out, start again, because he he so desperately wanted this community to actually happen. And we know that Moses pleaded for the people and Yahweh relented. But we can see that from, from this, you know, They were weeping and cried all night. They were nowhere near as invested in this idea of community as God was. And we can even see how passionate Jesus is to stay in community with his people in the story of the prodigal son. When the son, we know the story, there's a father who gives his inheritance to his sons and one of them says, well, thanks thanks for the cash, dad, and runs off, goes down to the casino, puts it on red and loses the lot. He then goes to work for a pig farmer and ends up eating pig slop in the stalls, uh, barefoot and, and ragged, and, and suddenly comes to his senses and thinks, well, gee whiz, even the servants in my father's place live better than this. Perhaps I'll just go and ask him if he'll hire me as a servant. And so we look at him coming home, and we find that his father has a totally different perspective. And in Luke 15, 22, his father sees him coming, And he says to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. I love this last bit. So the party began. There was great rejoicing. And so we've got this picture, at least I hope you've got this picture, that, that God is very invested in the community that we have that he calls the church. In fact, he's far more invested than most of us are. And so we, we understand, and it's interesting because the picture we get um, from the prodigal son is that the father welcomes without prejudice, reinforcing his desire to impress upon us the importance of maintaining a strong relationship with him. So Like the prodigal son, how do we find our way home? How do we work at being the best part of that community that God is so passionate about? And the answer is different for everybody. And it actually varies. It's different based on on three main things. There are three main categories of people, if you like, who are involved in a church community. First one is those who aren't involved in the community, but uh, they may be here, there may be somebody here this morning who's been invited, there may be somebody online who's, who's just logged in and looked in because of curiosity to find out what church is about, and they're, they're, they've got questions, but they're not 
part of the community. But there's a possibility that they could be. But they, they, they have, they have, they're looking for a direction to find a home. And they're going to ask questions like, you know, what, what's church all about? What is all this funny stuff you do up on stage? You know, what, what, why do you talk about these? They, they have questions that, to us, often it's like, well, it's the way we've always done it. But we need to actually have answers for those sort of people. And there are people who make their way into the community. They may or may not have given their lives to Jesus, but they're, they're, they're looking, they've come in on, on the edges. They're looking to make their way in. They're looking to see if there's a place for them. And there are other people who are deeply entrenched in the community. They have, may have been in it a while. They may not have, but they've, they've caught the vision of the community. They've got a, they're, they're building their relationship with God. They're firmly in the community. And it really doesn't matter where you are on that scale. We need to ask ourselves a couple of questions at this point. The first is, where am I in this church community? Where do I fit in on, the, on that scale of, am I on the outside? Am I working my way in? Am I, am I an established member of this community? And the second question is, how do I find my way home? In other words, how do I connect with God and the church community better than I'm doing it now. Thank you. <laughs> I could just leave it there. Because they, they, I'm, I'm serious, you need to ask yourselves those questions. Because otherwise, it's difficult to move on. The answer, of course, is different depending on where you find yourself on that scale. So let's look at the, the first person or people. They, they may be watching online, they may be here in person, but they're curious about what's going on here. If they're like me when I first walked in, they've got no idea what's happening. I mean, I, I sort of felt a kinship. I didn't feel unwelcome. I mean, communities can be so tight that people, when they walk in, just bounce straight off. And hopefully we're not like that. But there are answers that people who aren't part of the community ask that we need to be ready to answer. What's church really all about? Who's Jesus? Um, and so what sort of person do you look for to answer those questions? Now, someone who's part of a church community, guess what? You don't have to be all-knowing. You don't have to have your prayer life down pat. You don't have to be able to quote scripture. And really, you don't have to be able to point out what sins these people are, are, are doing. I mean, I I'm amazed at how many people, you know, that's their talent. Yep, I can see what you're doing wrong. <laughs> they don't need that. What people need is John 13, 35 people. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What we are to show people outside the church community is that this is a community worth being inside. And that's really all it is. People don't care about the, the vagaries of Scripture and why um, John 3.16 and 1 John 3.17 are, are linked in various ways because of chiasmic cross-structural um, Hebrew tautologies. Um, I just made that up, by the way, so don't go looking that up. Um, they actually just want to know the fact that we love each other and that we act in a way that represents that 
in our community. Or you may be new to the community. You may, may, may not have given your life to Jesus, but you're keen to learn, you want to get involved, you, you, you're eager to start a journey of discovery to find your purpose in God's plan. How do you find your way home? Well, funnily enough, the church has structures in place for that sort of thing. We call them dinner parties. Great to actually get to know people on a more intimate level than a Sunday. On Sunday, it's great to come on Sunday to hear the word of God. It's great to actually experience what worship is, even if you don't understand it. I mean, I had to laugh when Nathan was talking about how we worship last Sunday. Because I can remember standing there in, in the row and, and people were raising their hands and they were clapping and I was sort of like um, under the seat level so nobody I could see, could see that I was getting involved. Um, and then it was sort of like, okay, yeah, right, up to there. And, and then, then I actually started to sing. That, yeah, I can't sing, that's why I'm on the front row, not because I'm important so that nobody has to hear me sing. And you, you get... You get involved in some, and because it, it's a mystery, and it's great to debunk the mystery, saying you know you, you can hold your hands like that—that's widescreen TV. Um, you can you can you know hold the ceiling up. You can you can do it. It's, it these are these are ways that we just express our, our worship. There's no secret to them. There's no mystery. You don't have to be inducted into the mystical society of worshippers to actually know what hand position you should use. I mean, and I used to sit there, I, eyes closed, hand up there, and I'm thinking. My fingers too far apart. What am I? What am I doing? Do, should I put what, one finger? Does that look? Does that look aggressive? Um, does that? Was it just me, or does that, these things go through other people's minds when they're standing and worshiping? It is a scary deal, and and we need to de-scarify it for people, because yeah, you know it's we're here to express ourselves in community, but we're also here as individuals. And the thing about worship is it's to encourage us actually to let go and just let, let God in. And guess what? Doing things, it's like I said with prayer. You know, getting aggressive physically helps you get aggressive mentally and, and, and uh, spiritually. And so the things you might think, well, raising your hands to God, does, does God really care? Does he see, oh, I see that hand. Does he see the, the way we worship? He says, oh, Georgia does it so well. Why isn't everybody like Georgia? No, I, well, I don't think he does. He, he hasn't told me that. But it's actually a way of us breaking down the barriers and getting closer to God by allowing ourselves to cast off those chains. You know, being embarrassed and timid before God does not help us connect with him just because of what other people might think. You know, I was sitting there at the front because I've, I've got a cordless mic on and a belt pack. And I'm singing away and suddenly I'm thinking, oh, crap, am I on mute? <laughs> is, uh, is Reuben up the back there listening to me sing, laughing his head off? Because <laughs> I know that that's happened in the past, you see. My fears aren't totally unfounded. <laughs> it wasn't Reuben, though. I think that was Nathan. Um, but, you know... Getting connected, finding your way home in, in that is actually f sort of getting involved, getting closer to God, but also finding opportunities to serve, finding opportunities to, to discover what your gifts are and using them to help other people. Hebrews 10.24 
says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. That's, that's what we need to be doing. Now, you might be somebody who's an integral part of this church community. You've been around for years, you're serving faithfully, and you're thinking, do I need to find my way home? I think so. Because if you're not looking for home, guess what? You've become a pond. You've started to stagnate. If we're not moving forward, if we're not moving closer to God, if we're not finding new ways to connect with people, then we've become stagnant. doesn't matter how faithful we are, how long we've been here. We're actually called to keep moving. As, as we get more mature, maturity is not expressed in age or the number, number of Sundays you've attended or the fact that you always sit in the same seat or whatever it is that you equate faithfulness with. It's actually digging deeper. I, I, just, I, I wasn't particularly interested in theology until about 10 years ago because I thought I, I knew most of it and when I de delved into it, it was really confusing because I discovered that the more you study something, the less you discover that you know about it. And, uh, and the, the more you study, especially theological stuff, I mean, I discovered, for instance, that English wasn't the first language of the Bible. This is Hebrew and Aramaic and uh, Greek, all tossed in there. And apart from the Hebrew, they're all translations. And then I discovered that no matter how good you are, all translations have differences. And therefore, what we read in our English Bible is probably not exactly what was written in the Hebrew Bible. I thought, oh, gosh, I've just learned to read the English one. Don't tell me I'm going to have to learn the Hebrew one. Well, I've discovered a few Hebrew words. Hebrew words are fabulous. Um, I can't think of any at the moment, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, but we, we need to be the people who live and breathe John 13 and Hebrews 10. We need to reach out beyond our community with love to embrace new people in our community with grace and compassion. We need to be vision casters, a source of encouragement to all joyfully generous and not just recipients of God's love but carriers of God's love wherever we are on that scale of being in community I think we all need to make the effort to make sure that community isn't more of a mystery than it appears already ask people if you're new there is no question that is too stupid I know because I've asked them all the funny thing I've discovered is that people don't ask me questions much. I used to think that was because they were afraid I, I knew all the answers. Now, after having spoken from the front for many years, I am actually fairly sure it's because they realise I don't know all the answers. So nobody bothers to ask me because he won't know. He's only the pastor. But yeah, I, the community is actually not about answers. It's about questions. It's about working things out. We're not here to have all the answers. We're here so that we can talk about the questions. You know, dinner parties are great if people say, well, what's, what's involved here? Why are we doing this? Because it gets other people thinking, why, why are we doing this? I mean, just, just the, the attitude that I had that, that 
church was going to be the same forever when I first joined. I thought that the the rituals that we did because I'd come from a traditional church background were going to be the same forever. Until I discovered that, no, everything we were doing in church had actually been discussed and talked about and was put there for a purpose. And sometimes those purposes vanish and we've got to learn to stop doing those things. Sometimes there are new things that happen and we've got to actually start doing new things or or different things. This this pandemic has been a, a great uh, awakening, if you like, for this idea that you know, we, we cannot do things the same as we were doing them two years ago. People, people's lives have changed so much that we actually have to come up with a fresh approach. Now, I'd like to tell you that God has sent me a guidebook on how to do that, but he hasn't. And so that's, that's what, where our church community actually becomes really important because we've actually got to muddle through this together. We've got to actually talk with one another, work out what works for us now. How are we going to move forward? How, how our, our connection with God works? And it's not easy. We're all on a journey to find our way home. Unless we think we're already there. In that case, you'll start to stagnate. But we need to, we need to be asking ourselves those questions. Where am I? in my relationship with God, in my relationship with my community. Okay, once you've discovered where you are, how am I I finding my way home? How am I getting closer to God? How am I changing my prayer life? How How am I getting involved in the Word of God? How am I connecting with people? Am I actually carrying God's love? Am I just a recipient and I'm storing it away so that nobody can take it from me? Or am I a distributor? Because God's love, you know, once we start giving it out, never fails to refill us. We've got to start asking ourselves these questions because we've got to become like God. God is far more invested in his church than we are. doesn't matter how, you know, we can try to be more invested than God. I'm sure he'd love that. It'd never work. But in the striving, I think we'd, we'd raise the bar considerably. So remember, homework this week. Where are you? Where are you going? How are you going to find your way home? And then it's a good thing to discuss. Don't get caught in the fact that God's talking to me and therefore, okay, I'm going to make this decision on my own then tell everybody. We actually need to come together and make a decision as a community. We need to talk to one another. and talk to God. Can we all stand? I apologise for going over time. I forgot to use my notes. But I think the idea of community is too important to stick to a formula. The thing that a lot of us hate about community is that it's not predictable. Those of us who like straight lines and clear paths, order and plans, struggle with community because community involves people and people are messy. But we need to embrace that. But you know what the secret is? The church has existed for over 2,000 years. 
logically speaking, it should have flopped in the first six months. We cannot be the church without God. Otherwise, we're just like a tennis club. The glue that holds our community together is our relationship with God. And I think that, you know, one of the key things is, is we must never forget that. No matter what our interactions are with each other, we may need to make sure that we've got God in the centre of those interactions all the time. So just before I close and hand back to Carmen, I'm going to ask if there's anybody online or anybody here who hasn't actually made a decision to say, okay, my relationship with God is now going to be the anchor in my life. It's going to be the point of, point of the arrow. It's where I'm aiming. It's where I'm going. It's who I'm speaking with. I'm going to let Jesus be the guiding light in my life. If you haven't done that this morning, or maybe you've done it in the past, but you know that your life does not reflect that decision, you need to actually say, okay, I've, I've strayed off the path, Lord. I need you to bring me back. I want to invite you to do that this morning by praying a prayer. If you're online, there'll be a button appear, uh, that'll appear in the chat uh, which you can press, a raise hand button, and someone in our team will get together with you uh, privately and discuss your next step. But if you're here this morning, can I just actually get everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes for a sec. If you're here this morning, just raise your hand quickly so that I can see it, so that I, um, I can pray with you. Awesome. Guys, open your eyes. If you feel comfortable, just raise your hands. I just want to pray over you all this morning. Mighty God, let your spirit reign. We give you permission right now for your Holy Spirit to run amok, to change us, to grow us, to lift the scales from our eyes, to bring the revelation power of your word into our lives to make us that John 13 the Hebrews 10 type of people that we show the world that we love you because of our love for one another and that we are constantly motivating each other to be Christ like Jesus' name I pray. Amen.